what? You have a podcast? I can't let you do that, Kyle. Joe, how about telling a group of desperate people who've arrived in the United States, get on this plane, we're sending you to New York or Boston where you will be well taken care of, they're better equipped there mm. to look out for you, they'll have jobs and a new life for you, and then being dropped on an island off the coast of Massachusetts, an island that was given no warning, by the way, that these people were coming. So, yes. Yeah. Finally, uh, weeks ago, I, along with uh, the leader and the whip and Chairman Goodlatte, uh, issued a statement that I thought was pretty clear. But apparently some haven't gotten the message. Uh, the House is not going to take up and vote on whatever the Senate passes. In, in our other hand is the fact that you have some politicians that are, are engaging in political human trafficking. Our country is in serious trouble. When do we beat Mexico at the border? They're laughing at us, at our stupidity. U.S. has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they tell us what we're getting. And it only makes common sense. It only makes common sense. They're sending us not the right people. It's coming from more than Mexico. President it's coming Biden. from all over South and Latin America, and it's coming probably, probably from the Middle East. But we don't know, because we have no protection, and we have no competence. We don't know what's happening. And it's got to stop. It was a stunt. A stunt with human lives. And I took immense offense at it, and I just don't see how anybody with any kind of moral center couldn't. Um, yeah, so I had to open up with that, and I spent all weekend on it. I will say, I had a lot more. <laughs> I had a lot more planned. I actually subjected myself to uh, quite a bit of some right-wing... Uh, media over the weekend uh, with every intent of capturing sound bites and creating this really awesome montage at the beginning like we just had, only way cooler, um, only to find out uh, way too late in the process that none of that audio was actually captured. I recorded minutes and minutes of dead silence. Um, so that was what you heard was a late scramble. Um, the Morning Joe segments were recorded Friday morning that I was able to do really quick. And then uh, everything after that was gone. And then I did a mad scramble for some uh, John Boehner uh, sound bites, and then uh, then Trump's own comments on immigration and immigrants in general early on in his 2016 campaign. Other than that, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Recovery from Politics podcast. I am your host, Kyle Frame, and today is Monday, September 19th, 2022. So... We had this stunt go on uh, late last week. Basically, the Republican governors of Texas, Texas and Florida decided that they were going to try and be good Christian men by treating immigrants like human refuge. 
Um, I believe it does completely count as human trafficking. Uh, they are moving human beings across state lines. Uh, you know, you, you can argue, I get, well, the right did argue that, you know, these people, you know, willingly got onto the buses and planes and that there was no coercion or anything whatsoever. But, you know, try telling that to anybody who's been on the other end of the federal law enforcement. Okay. It's, one thing for the cop to be like, can I search your vehicle? And you can sit there and be like, well, you know, I know that the the Constitution guarantees me a right to not be searched. But then the cop just says, well, you know, you just gave me probable cause by denying me that search or anything like that. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. I mean, that this is how a lot of <clears throat> a lot of coercion you know, occurs, especially if you, uh, if you study how sexual assaults, uh, happen and occur, um, a lot of times the woman doesn't say no, you know, and they do say yes, because they feel threatened in that situation where, hey, if I say no, this guy's going to hit me or do something worse, you know, sometimes women make the choice to, go through with it just to get it over with and get out of there alive. Um, that still doesn't make it not rape. Um, you know, men hide behind that. Oh, well, she didn't say no. And she's, you know, she seemed really into it. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, that's the only part of Mike Tyson's uh, rape conviction that I didn't buy was that, you know, he was so oblivious. And granted, he was a much younger man at the time. You know, so oblivious to the situation where it's like, dude, you're in a hotel room with Mike fucking Tyson. Um, if he wants to have sex, it's going to happen. Like, that's the intent behind that. And I mean, you don't even need to be the heavyweight world champion at the time to be in that position. Any man and woman alone in a room, women can feel threatened by that. So this idea that the right is hiding behind well you know all the immigrants they they said yes to get on board the the planes and the buses i'm like yeah well when ice is standing there telling you to get on board of a bus it really isn't what you think it is like like this is a huge problem this i mean if you again the, the easiest examples are the sexual assault cases where it's like the reason Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky was wrong was even if Monica Lewinsky totally was, you know, completely happy and, and good to go with it, which by all accounts, I, I think she was, um, it was still an abuse of his power. I mean, he is the president of the United States. Again, if you're alone in the room, in a room with the president of the United States and he wants to have sex, it's likely happening. <laughs> right? It's it's one of those things. So if you are an immigrant in the United States here under, let's say, shady circumstances, and law enforcement is suddenly like, let's get on this bus and go to Boston. <laughs> you're not exactly in a position where you're going to feel comfortable saying, no, I don't want to do that. Like, that's just not an option for you. Okay, the power dynamic is extremely, you know, off right there. And that's what the important thing is here. 
you know, whether or not they gave in willingly or said yes the entire time really doesn't matter because of that power dynamic that was going on. You had, admittedly, illegal immigrants being talked to by federal agents, and the federal agent can be the most polite, nice person in the world, but when they tell you, get on the bus, your only answer is going to be yes in that situation. So I don't think these immigrants really had a choice. It was a false choice. And because the way our laws and society works, unfortunately, some people are going to paint that very black and white and say, she said yes, so I fucked her. And that's the end of it. It was not rape. And there are people out there who believe very much in that black and white way of thinking you know they don't want to put themselves in that situation and think hey you know this was an uncomfortable situation where the power dynamic was completely off and yes doesn't really mean yes and is that con you know confusing and a pain in the ass and especially especially and i do actually have a lot of sympathy for very young men possibly in their first uh, sexual encounter to misinterpret that situation and that is of course more a failure I believe of the parents and other adults in their lives to not explain that situation to them like hey seriously the way the power dynamic works yes isn't doesn't always mean yes and yes it's confusing and yes that sucks and if it happens to my sons it's going to be a shitty situation um, and, and it's extremely confusing, but to just paint it black and white, which is really your only defense in that case, you know, if you are the perpetrator of a crime, your only defense is she said yes. And that's basically what happened here. Their only defense was they said yes. And then they immediately shifted over to, especially Tucker Carlson. I, I'm kind of glad I didn't cause his arguments are very poor. I honestly don't know why this man has such a huge following. Um, it's as if memes were presented as intellectual dialogue and argument. And it's nuts. It absolutely is. Uh, his entire argument was that really it's the liberals who are the Im immigrant bashers. Because he finds the one person who lives at Martha's Vineyard who, you know, said horrible things... And, you know, yeah, it's a direct quote, but he's, you know, portraying it as that person represents the entire island. Um, and he doesn't present, again, the counter argument was the actual House of Representatives member who was there at Martha's Vineyard, who was present at that whole stunt. She's there, she's in tears talking about all of this and how horrible it is and how actually, you know, at a bare minimum, DeSantis and Abbott should have let them know that these people were coming because you can't just drop immigrants in a city. Any city, really. It doesn't matter if it's a huge one like Boston, like they said they were going to, or Martha's Vineyard, which is not set up at all to take care of these people. Um, they're here for a reason. Okay, they may be malnourished, they may need medical attention, they may, you know, have small kids, they did have small kids with them. Okay, there, there's a lot going on that needs to go into it. You can't just accept an immigrant. Okay, it, there's more to it than that. Um, excuse me. So it was very disingenuous of these people to just 
you know, trafficked these human beings across state lines to a place that they did not tell them they were going and then just dumped them there and then laugh. I mean, that's essentially what happened was it was for the LOLs. It, it was it was a joke to them. The entire thing was a ha ha. See, look, now liberals have to deal with this as if liberals are not capable of dealing with immigration. You notice that they didn't send them to California. Okay, you notice they didn't send them to another border state. And let's also keep in mind, just because they're not dealing with the southern border doesn't mean that these other states, these northern states, don't deal with immigration on their own. Okay, Florida and Texas don't take in as many immigrants from, say, the Middle East as does the rest of the country. There's a reason for that. The United States federal government is not stupid. They sit there and they can look at a geographic map and just be like, hey, check it out. Texas and Florida have huge influxes from South Central and South America. So they've already got their immigrant services are already overburdened. So obviously we're not going to send the Ukrainians and the Afghanistanis there right now. We're not going to send the refugees there. We'll send them to another state that maybe raises their hand politely and says, yes, we can take a few. Texas and Florida are two states that don't. And I don't fault them for that. Again, they are already overburdened with their own particular situation. But to suggest that blue states don't have to deal with immigration is also a false equivalence. And this is another problem that they have on the right is that you have rural america is the real america and cities are the bastion of the left and that's where all the bad things happen um forever and a day it, it always is um that's just how they portray it um it's extremely similar to stalinism and uh and the soviet union uh okay the the farmers that's how Stalin basically controlled everything, was the farmers of Russia were the real, they were the real Russians. And everyone else, they were the bad Russians. And, and it's a very clear dynamic. You do set the states against themselves, and you set against the other. Okay, so your opposition isn't the real, and your opposition is also the other from the outside and that is how they are able to divide and conquer basically they're able to control it because then you have enemies and when you're dealing in a grievance culture you need enemies okay these people are okay with it now as far as you know how do how does the party that claims to be the most religious and christian in the world uh, you know suddenly find themselves totally okay with trafficking immigrants um, it's really very simple. You know, some people, uh, a lot of people went online and immediately started posting Bible quotes of, you know, the Jesus, uh, I believe it was a Jesus teaching, you know, um, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me kind of a deal. And I know I'm bastardizing that. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, you get the general gist is like a lot of people are like, Hey, this flies in the face of everything that Christianity is supposed to be about. Right. Um, but I don't find it as all that different. Um, so a lot of our work ethic in this country came from Calvinism, who linked spirituality and religion with a hard work ethic. Like the harder you worked, the more Christian you were. Um, so that got intertwined with American Christianity. And all of a sudden when, you know, the, the founders came here and everybody else, 
you you saw this huge amount of the harder you work, the better person you were, the better you know spiritually you were. It was made you closer to God kind of a deal. Idle hands make the devils uh, are the devil's tools or whatever. You know those kinds of things were born from this idea that you know laziness is a sin. So you've already got that baked into the cake of American religion, right? And then all of a sudden you see Mexicans are frequently, frequently called lazy. Um, usually uh, anybody on welfare is lazy. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, after the slaves were freed, you know, a lot of people pointed to the fact that, oh, well, they're still poor. Clearly they're lazy, you know, slavery had them working and, and they were, you know, much closer to God that way. I mean, it's all kinds of weird contortionist viewpoints of how they can twist their heads around it and make it okay. Um, but basically this laziness was a way to say, well, lazy means they are not godly people, which means in a way they're heathens. Um, and we can, you know, look down on them and we can also find ways to not be very Christian to them. Uh, so that that that's all kind of baked into the cake and it's been used and weaponized against them. So when you start saying that these immigrants are here, first off, they're lazy. But secondly, they also take your jobs. So I don't know how that works. I don't know. I really don't know how that works. If you can be lazy, but also take your job. What's that say about you if the lazy Mexican can take your job? I mean, that that's where my brain goes to it, but they have issues. Um, and it is extremely hypocritical, and it's very easy to point that out. Um, but, I, I mean, okay, we've pointed it out. We've already done that. We know this. Uh, my problem with it is the politics side of it, okay? So, it... Suppose you agree with DeSantis that this is an issue, and, and I do, to a degree, agree with him, okay? It isn't fair that the southern states are the ones dealing with this all the time. Yeah, that sucks, okay? Sorry, Florida, you live next to Cuba, and because of our immigration and trade policies with them, there's no good way to receive Cuban immigrants. So, yeah, they come here illegally. Thanks. You know, it's like... You could change things. You could make it easier. The United States government could actually trade with Cuba and allow movement of goods and services. And then, surprise, people would just show up in the airport and be like, I'm claiming asylum because I don't want to be a communist or the Castros suck or whatever the hell it is. Um, but instead, we don't do that. We put on an entire embargo, which forces these people to get on rafts and attempt a very dangerous trek across the ocean to get here. And then Florida is just like, uh, now we can't deport them, it, which is also another thing because of this wonderful embargo, we can't deport Cubans. And this is also what was used uh, this last weekend was the majority of these immigrants, if not all of them, were Venezuelans. We're doing the same thing to Venezuela that we're doing to Cuba. We're basically embargoing them. We're not allowing trade, no movement of goods and services, no movement of cash at all, which means when these Venezuelans show up in the United States and they're already here, we literally can't deport them. Okay, Mexico's not going to take them. Uh, no other country in South or Central America is going to take Venezuelans. So, Venezuelans are here to stay. And if DeSantis and Abbott wanted to make that argument, 
if they said, hey, we need to fix our immigration laws, we need to stop with this embargo, or we at least need to like revisit the embargoes that we have on some of these countries, and we need to change at least a few laws. I'm not saying trade with them. You know, that's that's for another topic and another discussion, but but at least something to do with human movement. Okay, so that we can stop with the trafficking and we can stop with the illegal immigration and we can stop with the, hey, yeah, we just can't send these people back because there's no communication between our two countries because we're assholes. You know, it's it's one of those dumb things. You know, if, if they wanted to make that argument, I would be here for it. I would love a conversation about how the United States treats everyone in the lower hemisphere just south of us. Um, th there's a lot wrong with what's going on there. The second any of these countries even remotely elect someone left to us, they go, oh my God, the country's been taken over by socialists, and they immediately start cutting off their funding, stopping all trade. I mean, it is, it is a complete economical disaster down there, and most of it is by design of the United States. Um, and if they wanted to make that argument, phew, I'm here for it. I would love that argument. I really would. Unfortunately, in today's politics and the reason I have this show is because everything's being boiled down to boilerplate black and white. And the boilerplate black and white on the right is very simple. They're here illegally. I don't want them here illegally. That's against the law. All of a sudden, they're very big in law and order when it comes to immigration, right? Not when it comes to elections. Or, you know, the orange god king. But but when it comes to immigration, damn it, oh no, they broke the law. They should not they should not be here. They're very big on that. And that kind of drives me crazy for multiple reasons. But, you know, that's the black and white issue here. And on the left, you kind of have the same thing. They don't want to touch this issue either because they'd have to acknowledge that there are problems. There are illegal immigrants. That is an issue. What we need to do is fix the entire immigration system. Neither side really wants to do it, but the right is weaponized it. You've noticed every two years, all of a sudden, there's a caravan moving up north. There's suddenly a huge influx. You, you hear this number being reported around right now, and uh, Vice President Harris was given the question, you know, there are going to be two million people. Well, this two million number... And this is, the, this is the funny thing. This 2 million people number is the number that ICE is, is projecting to arrest in just the year 2022. They're going to arrest 2 million people trying to enter this country illegally at the southern border. And they're presenting that as the border is not secure, 2 million people. And they forget to mention, we've arrested 2 million people. That means they're not here. That means the border is doing its job. You know, and the really shitty part is neither Vice President Harris nor President Biden are really shooting back and like, yeah, damn right we arrested two million people. Look how fucking awesome we are. We arrested two million people in a year. That is a lot. Look at how awesome our funding is and look how many soldiers we have on the border. Like, damn it, we're secure. We have two million people in cuffs. Like, they should be crowing about it. But unfortunately, that also doesn't sell well on the left, which is their base. Their base doesn't like that. I don't like it either. I, I have a huge problem with borders. But the point is, neither side really wants to deal with it, okay? So when the right goes ahead and says, this is a huge issue and we want Biden and the Democrats to do something about it. First off, they're doing it in September, okay? We're just a couple months away 
excuse me, a couple weeks away from an election that they are about to lose. Okay, they are projected right now. I mean, if the, if the elections were held today, they would lose. So all of a sudden, this thing happens. And it's intentional. Okay, you notice that as soon as the election's over, suddenly the caravan disappeared. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Was the caravan real or not? And of course it wasn't. Or it was blown up to be to seem bigger than it was. But in case you're wondering about the hypocrisy of all this, Trump and the GOP had complete control of government between 2017 and 2019. They had two full fucking years. The only thing they passed, the only meaningful legislation they passed, was a tax break for the 1%. That was it. And they did that after the midterms, after they lost, and they realized, oh shit, our replacements are about to be here in a couple weeks. We've got to hurry up and pass this before we all move. That's the only thing they passed in two years. They could not get their shit together on anything. Mostly because Trump's entire border wall legislation he wanted was, I want a wall. I want a big, huge fucking wall with my name on it so that I can show everybody how tough I am. Like, the wall suddenly meant something, which really it doesn't. The wall was there as nothing but a symbol, a projection of his awesomeness and security. Look how great I am. I have a wall. And even the Republicans couldn't get behind that because they knew it was a logistical nightmare as well as a court-battled one. They would have had to seize a shit ton of land from public citizens, private citizens, some of whom who voted for them so that they could build this monstrosity and the amount of money it would cost. And even the military and Homeland Security was like, look, you guys are focusing on the cost to actually build it. Why don't you project out 30 years of how much it's going to cost to maintain this fucking thing? You think we spend a lot on the military now. The border wall, if we actually built it, would quickly surpass our overall military budget almost immediately, just in maintenance and upkeep. You have a wall, that means you need soldiers manning it, that means you need cameras, that means you need all this extra stuff, you need maintenance on it, because of course, the natural elements are going to wear it down, and also, yeah, I think a few immigrants are probably going to try to poke holes in it. You know, so th this thing is just a massive, massive cash sink. And everyone with half a brain was arguing against it. Strictly from that, they thought to, you know, we'll appeal to the pragmatic sense of the Republican Party. We can't appeal to the racist half of it because they're fucking lost. Yes, they want immigrants out. And yes, they want this wall. But maybe, maybe if we tie a financial cost to, to it and we just say, hey, this is not something that is sustainable you will be mortgaging the entire future of the entire United States on this for decades. You don't want this thing. And to a degree, it worked because even the Republicans holding the House, holding the Senate, and this might have been Tim Ryan's like one contribution as Speaker of the House for his brief tenure, is that he was sitting there being the money person that he is, was sitting there going, no, we can't financially do this. And Mitch McConnell also, because Mitch McConnell and Tim, Tim Ryan, yeah, they have their issues. But one thing they both are is very aware of money. And they're like, look, this is a great grift at first, but we can't grift forever. Like, they're okay with the one-time bill, but you're talking about completely destroying the United States financial record over time. So, 
that worked. But over two years, they had an opportunity. They could have changed the asylum laws. They could have changed, you know, how we allow immigrants in or not. They could have streamlined the process. They could have taken care of the problem that they had here. They decided to do absolutely nothing. Okay, keep in mind, in 2013, the Senate, bipartisan, over 60 votes, 14 Republicans and every Democrat voted in favor of a bipartisan immigration bill. It would have strengthened the border. It would have uh, protected the dreamers. It would have given a path to citizenship for the, uh, at the time, estimated 11 million immigrants that were already in the country illegally. And that was a huge sticking point. Um, and it passed the Senate. And it sat there. And it was never even brought up for a debate or a vote in the House. Speaker John Boehner, Republican House, in complete control, did not even bring it up for a vote because their base didn't like it. And it had nothing to do with the amnesty, although they use that a lot. Uh, I had this one good soundbite from Michelle Bachman at the time, who was saying very clearly, you know, exact, you know, saying it all out loud so everybody could hear. They were afraid that these immigrants are going to change the way of life for white Americans and they were going to steal their jobs. And that's essentially all it is. It's my country is changing, something's going on, and I don't like it, and I don't understand it, and why do all these people not look like me on the TV anymore? Um, you know, th this idea that the GOP has strength on the border is completely laughable because they haven't done anything other than fully fund ICE and the border. Like, that's it. ICE, border, uh, and, uh, and Homeland Security. They get funding up the wazoo to take care of this. But that's it. And money can only do so much, especially when we have so many different, you know, immigration law problems. I mean, uh, if you've got the time, John Oliver's got a great thing on immigration. You can find it on YouTube or if you subscribe to HBO, you can pull it up. Uh, you know, basically going over the, the, the laws. And there are toddlers, literally toddlers, who cannot speak English being put in front of a judge in a court to decide whether or not the toddler can apply for asylum. And we have courts that actually decide that. And the laws are written in such a way that, you know, these lawyers have to do the best they can with a, a client that can't even understand what time of day it is, let alone what country they're in. It's, it's sickening to its core. But I don't just want to bash on the Republicans, because this is also a Democratic problem. It really is. Um... Obama has bragged openly that he was the deporter-in-chief because under his tenure, he deported more immigrants than uh, W. I get why he did that. The politics of it was very simple. He was a minority president, the first and still only minority president in American history, and he could not be seen as opening up the floodgates to immigration. Politically, it was a loser. He was going to lose a lot of people in the center and a lot of people to the right of that. And also a few liberals, because there are, there are unfortunately, some racist liberals. Uh, go look at the Green Party. They're, that That's where the, the racist liberals go to die, is the Green Party. I, I've heard it firsthand. Uh, in 2012, I was disillusioned with the Democrats, and I was obviously not a Republican anymore. And I went looking around, and let me tell you, the Seattle-based Green Party people, whoo, they... Uh, they got some racist people in there. Um, 
So the left has them too, believe me. They're just nowhere near a majority. Um, but, you know, this was Obama during his tenure. He was the deporter-in-chief, and he had to clamp down on a lot of immigration and everything else because he was worried about the optics of it all. Meanwhile, the optics were completely reversed for Nancy Pelosi in 2017 when spring of 20, or excuse me, uh, 2020, spring of, tw or was it 2019? Shoot, I forget. I think it was spring of 2019 when the Kids in Cages uh, story first broke out where we found out the level of cruelty that the Trump administration was going to to punish people for trying to come here. Okay, it, it wasn't about anything else. And The Atlantic had a massive, massive story about just how cruel this was and how intentionally cruel it was. The White House literally would not return calls of people who were on the border asking for resources. The, their calls just went straight to voicemail at the fucking White House and didn't get anything, and how all these people were either complicit or, you know, you had uh, 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 workers, social workers on the border trying to help these kids who were going home and having mental breakdowns because they had to deal with eight different kids all asking, where's my mommy? And they didn't have an answer. Mommy was in a completely different fucking state because that's how that worked. It wasn't just kids in cages. It was kid separation. Nancy Pelosi did nothing that should have been right there and then the first impeachable thing that they did right there the second that story broke it would have been like you know what fuck you we're not doing this we are impeaching your character mr trump we are impeaching you fuck you this is not right and they should have done that on day one i wouldn't have even waited for an investigation i've been like you know what the impeachment will be our fucking investigation here you go have at it and i would have sent that shit to the senate even if it would have lost i would have been like i want every single fucking republican defending this shit every single one the photos the videos every single thing about it i would have forced them you want to not impeach somebody for this cruel inhumanity fucking go for it instead she had to be kicked kicking and screaming over fucking ukraine which at the time yeah it was an important thing and yes he should have been impeached on that as well but for fuck's sake we had children in cages in the united states on our watch every single one of us has that now we have lived with modern day internment camps right here in the united states under our noses and half this country fucking cheered it no, that should have been the line in the sand right there, but it couldn't because that would affect her agenda, which I still don't fucking know what it was because Trump was fucking president, so it's not like she was going to get her agenda passed. So that completely and totally, as far as I'm concerned, disqualifies her from anything. I don't know why she's still in charge. That should have been a coup. If she wouldn't have impeached him, she should have been removed and somebody else should have been brought in with the balls to do it. It just is beyond me that she did absolutely nothing under that situation. That was her chance. They could have so won, or if not won, severely damaged every single Republican who backed this shit. But they let it go. And now, currently, you've got from 2021 to right now, zero legislative action on immigration. None. And we know all the problems at the border. For fuck's sake, Trump kept parroting it and trumpeting it every chance he got, why weren't we there? Why weren't we prepared? Why didn't we do this? And the only thing I could possibly think of is, well, now we can't do anything because, you know, DeSantis just did this. So if we address immigration right after DeSantis's stunt, 
it'll make DeSantis look like a hero because he brought it up. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. These are human beings we're talking about. We need to fix this shit. This shit's been broken for a long time. You don't need DeSantis. You could be like, hell yeah, DeSantis, what he did, fucked up. And oh, by the way, the FBI should totally be investigating him. And I would love to see him in cuffs and all his aides in cuffs. Human trafficking, kidnapping is a fucking crime. And I want these assholes held accountable for it. But again, we're dealing in the world where the Democrats are afraid of stepping on the toes of the Republicans because they're afraid of their base. And there might be another march on Washington. And I'm like, what the fuck do you think they would do if the shoe was on the other foot? They wouldn't hesitate. Are you serious right now? Like, they still are bringing a knife to a gunfight. It is absolutely mind-boggling to me why the Democrats aren't going whole hog on this and absolutely crushing the Republicans with it. But instead, they're afraid of pissing off some man-babies on the internet. Oh no, they might storm Washington. Did you see how well that turned out for them? Few broken windows. Yeah, one woman died. One of them, by the way. Honest to God, it, it completely drives me crazy. And the only thing that's been done up until now is that Biden tried to reverse the whole uh, Trump policy executive order that says that people seeking asylum into this country have to wait in the country of origin, which in most cases means they're in Mexico because, you know, they've already fled their country and they're in Mexico at the border waiting to apply for asylum where, oh, by the way, Mexico doesn't like this deal either because they're not equipped to handle this shit. They've got their own problems. But now all of a sudden we're dumping on them just because, huh, brown people, I guess. But then, of course, because, you know, Trump packed the courts full of assholes who don't know how the fuck to read, we have judges undoing what Biden's doing. So now all of a sudden we're sitting here in the United States right now having to live with Trump executive orders because apparently the current president can't rescind executive orders anymore. And it's like, but fucking why? Because the courts and the Democrats are still playing like the rules are normal. Like all of a sudden, you can't tell me three years from now, if Trump's in office again, God forbid, or one of these other Republican fucknuts is there, and a liberal judge tells them, no, you can't rescind what Biden did, that they're just going to fucking ignore them and ram it up to the Supreme Court, which favors them and is like, hey, you guys take care of it. It is amazing to me how one side is still playing by the rules of the 80s and even the early 90s, and they forget, hey, guys, Newt Gingrich, Rush Limbaugh, Mitch McConnell, those three fucks changed things. There's no such thing as fair play. There's no such thing as good intentions or good faith arguments. These fuckers are in it to win for the sole purpose of winning. They don't want to compromise. They don't want to work with you. They want to destroy you. You are the enemy. Do you not hear them when they make speeches? Democrats aren't just Americans we have disagreements with, okay? That old argument died with John McCain. Democrats are the enemy of the fucking state. That is how they talk about you. Meanwhile, only a handful of Democrats, very few of them, are sitting there like, oh yeah, democracy is under attack by the Republicans, and the only thing you can do is vote for us. Tee-hee. And I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? If democracy is really on the goddamn ballot this year, you guys need to fucking act like it. I need people in handcuffs. I need the FBI going crazy. I mean, if you really think democracy is, is on a knife's edge at this moment, you need to act like it and stop playing bullshit politics with this. 
Like, is it a serious issue or isn't it? Because I'm not hearing the counter-argument. There are a few people who have absolutely no control over things who sound a lot like me now, who are like, good lord, people, you do understand that the rules are rigged against us and that they're only going to get worse. And the more you play nice, the more they break your hand every time you reach out with it. It's going to happen. It keeps happening. Kevin McCarthy promised when we, uh, when the Democrats went ahead and got rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene out of all her committee assignments, Kevin McCarthy was sitting there defending her bullshit and he didn't say, you know, oh, uh, you know, uh, he didn't apologize for her or anything. He just went out and said, if you fucking do this, when we get control, guess what? We're coming after you. We're going to do it to you because we'll have the majority and we'll just ram through all of our bullshit. And we'll say, hey, you know what? All of the squad, yeah, you all just lost your committee assignments. Anyone they don't like is not going to be on a committee, and they'll do it. And the Democrats will sit there and clutch their pearls and be like, oh my god, I can't believe they're breaking these norms. You guys do not know the fight you're in. And you're doing a really shitty job with the easy layups. Like, because this is easy. Immigration is easy. If you actually look at the polling, Republicans and Democrats want to fix. There's an easy compromise. There is. It's there. And unfortunately, it happened in 2013. But because you've got racist assholes in charge of the Republican Party right now, it won't happen. It will not. Anything short of a big fucking wall and lasers that immediately fry anybody who tries to cross the border is not getting passed. And it's... It's sad to know that. It's something that we all agree on that is a problem, and neither side wants to work on it. Both sides just want to campaign on it. Republicans campaign on it because they actually win on it. Okay, this is a winner for them. It is. It scares the shit out of the white rural voter, and they get campaign cash, and they get votes. It works. It totally fucking works. Even again, it shouldn't. The religious right should wholeheartedly reject this entire stunt and everyone involved with it and say this is not how this is, okay? Imagine Mary and Joe going into Jerusalem and they're just like, yeah, no, fuck you, we're sending you to Egypt instead. We're going to ship your ass to Egypt. Okay, that's basically what happened here. We don't know what's going to happen. We traumatized human beings for the sake of the lulls so that Republicans could get some votes and a few extra dollars, and it's going to fucking work. That's the sad part. And Democrats love running on this, not because it gets them votes, because it doesn't. It really doesn't. Democrats get votes despite their shortcomings because, again, we don't really have an option. There's no third party we can go to that is, like, normal, and thinks we should fix things. We vote for them because they're the lesser of two evils. And really, they're not evil. Like, Democrats aren't the ones trying to fuck over immigrants. They just don't want to fix it. They're the complicit ones. I wouldn't exactly go as far as to say evil. But they're pretty fucked up. No, the Democrats do it because they can fundraise off of it. That is the sole purpose of everything. If you can fundraise off of it, I guarantee you Nancy Pelosi's on a phone making phone calls about it, and she's pushing for it. But if you can't fundraise on it, no thanks. This is Roe v. Wade for the left right here. 
immigration reform. They are looking right now at what's going on with the right and Roe v. Wade, and they're like, oh my God, look at the backlash. And look, look how bad it is. And, and now all of a sudden there's, there's not this great voter turnout, you know, enthusiasm's down because again, you don't really have to go vote on Roe v. Wade anymore. You don't need to vote for Republicans because you're worried about justices on the court. You got your win. Congrats. You can now move on to other issues. Democrats don't want that. Nancy Pelosi doesn't want that. She's making a killing right now off of all this. She's fundraising like gangbusters right now. Millions of dollars are pouring into Democratic coffers because of what DeSantis did this weekend. You think she really has an incentive to fix this shit? Fuck no, I'll guarantee you she's like, please, DeSantis and Abbott, send more. Please. Please. I make so much money off of this. This is such a great thing for me. Look at this. Look at how much money is coming into Democratic coffers. I can remain in charge of this party forever as long as the money keeps coming in. That is the only thing she fucking cares about. I don't care about... You can't convince me otherwise. And that really, really bothers me. You know, it, it goes back to uh, uh, John Car uh, John <laughs> George Carlin. And he made this joke. It wasn't really a joke. It was a statement during a stand-up special where he's like, why don't we take care of homelessness in this country? like because there's no money in it He's, he said uh, if you can guarantee me that you know the government could find if somebody could make a buck off the homeless that problem would be fixed immediately and that's essentially what it is you can't make money off of immigration not really well okay you can make it because every uh, CBO projection and every economic you know guess on what immigrants provide to this country is always a net positive no amount of immigration services we provide us taxpayers doesn't get paid back like tenfold in a few years because you now have a fully integrated immigrant here in the United States legally paying taxes, buying goods and services like all the rest of us. You know, there's no amount of services we provide in any world where that doesn't become a net positive in just a couple of years. It's an investment. And it always pays off. Historically, it has always paid off when it comes to financial money. But that money doesn't go into anybody's private pockets. It goes to the government. And the government spends it on what the government spends it on. So nobody sees it. Nobody can really make money off of it. So until somebody finds out how to make money off of this, how to grift, basically, off of immigrants, it's not going to happen. You know, everybody's bitching right now about supply chain issues and how, uh, you know, inflation is kicking up. Part of this is immigration. The border is locked down so tightly right now that we don't get our seasonal workers to help with produce and farms and all that other BS that they talk about. Whole crops are just sitting there because nobody's there to, like, harvest. It's all going to waste. Meanwhile, our food prices skyrocket. There is a connection there. Is it the whole thing? No, of course not. COVID, supply chain issues are everywhere. I mean, it is a global thing, but we are making it worse. Make no mistake about that. It's very sad state of affairs when the solution seems so easy, but nobody is willing to even attempt to fix it. Nobody wants to fix it. Like I said, the 
Republicans don't really want to fix it. They get to do cool little stunts like this where they have a whole weekend of media designed to laugh at the Democrats and the fake liberals who live in Martha's Vineyard, those rich assholes who really are not a representative of what liberals are in this country. That's another fake thing they always do. You know, they point to George Soros or some other rich white asshole living at Martha's Vineyard and they're like, ha ha, those are the Democrats. And they always, you know, point that out to their audience. And it's like, no, I am not one of those fuckers. I, I don't, it, it's, it's nuts. But that's, that's the broad brush they paint us with. And there's nothing we can do about it. And it's, so it's, it's extremely frustrating I have to remind myself to breathe, and unfortunately, the best advice I can give at this moment to the average American is write into your newspapers, okay? Believe it or not, politicians do read the editorials, and they do read uh, reader-submitted letters. Call your congressman. Call your senator. Write them. Letters are a lot harder to dismiss than phone calls. Email them. Like, seriously, just assault them not literally assault them, but assault them on social media. Like, go on their Facebook page, go on their Twitter, TikTok, whatever the hell these assholes have. Go on there, make your comments known. It may not feel like it's doing much. A lot of times it feels like you're just yelling into the void. But consider that every time you put out a message like this, it's probably countering some white supremacist jerk-off who's doing the exact opposite who's sending in the exact same messages, but they're threats or their encouragement because their congressman said something racist and they're like, yeah, thanks a lot for saying the quiet part out loud, dude. You have to counter it. If you stay quiet, then you're complicit. You got to do something. And it's, it's crazy, but yeah, there's very little, very little we can do. But I would not argue to like just not vote there are people right now who are looking at this and you know they would hear the first part of my argument where i'm just ripping nancy pelosi up and down and how democrats don't want to do anything they might take away the wrong lesson from that and that less the wrong lesson would be well then i'm not voting guess which voting block guess which majority of this country no one gives a shit about it's the group that doesn't vote okay Everyone likes to bitch about, you know, Republican voters, Democratic and vo- voters, and uh, independents. And, oh, it's the independents who decide everything. No, it's not. It's none of those groups. It's the group that never votes. In this country, more people don't vote than vote, which means the majority of this country don't fucking vote. But guess what? Even though you might be a majority, no one cares about what you think. Your issues don't matter. Why would they? I mean, think about it. Pretend you're a politician for a second. The people who vote are the ones who decide whether or not you get elected. The people who don't, who gives a shit? No one cares. If you're pissed off about something and you don't vote, congratulations. No one cares. You do not matter. You are purposefully making yourself a second-class citizen in this country by not engaging it. Yeah, the lesser of two evils is still evil. That's a bullshit argument. The lesser of two evils is still less evil, for fuck's sake. Okay? Like I said, in this particular instance, you have one side that is totally fucking evil. Human trafficking. Doing it for the lulls. They are being cruel as fuck. 
And you have the other side, which is just complicit in it. Are they both fucked up? Yes. If there's an afterlife, do I both wish burn in hell? Absolutely. But guess what? I'm not voting for the team that's purposefully doing it. That's ridiculous. And I'm also not going to not vote at all so that I don't count. I don't matter. They can pull up your records. They know who you are. Why would they listen to somebody who doesn't vote? Don't be that person. Get engaged. Say something. Do something. Try to remember these are human beings. They don't deserve this shit. They're trying to get to a better place. I've seen people like, oh, well, I wouldn't bring my kids across the border like that. That's just wrong. Bullshit. They're not running away from a dad who doesn't like them. They could be running away from a religion that wants to kill them or a government that wants to lock them up because they don't want to be communist. They could be running from a lawless state where the gangs are so powerful that it's like, yeah, if I didn't leave, they would have killed me. And you can't tell me that a mother, any mother, would sit on her hands while her children are being threatened when the option would be, hey, you know, if we run to this other country over here, if we can get there, we'll be safe. My kids will be safe. Uh, you can't convince me there isn't a mother alive who wouldn't at least consider it. And yet there are a lot of mothers out there right now who are sitting there going, oh, well, I would never bring my kids in illegally. Yeah, shut the fuck up, you privileged bitch. You are incapable of seeing other people for human beings and understanding their problems. We all have problems. Denying somebody's pain just because you've never experienced it is a problem. And we need to get better at that as human beings. So try to have some compassion. Please get engaged. That's the only thing we can do. Anyway, uh, you guys have a great day. Uh, I'll see you next time. Be safe. Have fun. Try to be kind. And we'll see you next time. And while we're not invading some sovereign nation or setting it on fire from the air, which is more fun, then we're usually declaring war on something here at home. Do you ever notice that? We love to do that, don't we? We love to declare war on things here in America. Anything we don't like about ourselves, we have to declare war on it. Don't do anything about it. We just declare war on it. We got a war. It's the, only, it's the only metaphor we have in our public discourse for solving a problem. It's called declaring a war. We got a war on poverty, the war on crime, war on litter, the war on cancer, the war on drugs. But you ever notice there's no war on homelessness, is there? Nah. No war on homelessness. You know why? There's no money in that problem. There's no money in that problem. Nobody stands. It's true. Nobody stands to get rich off of that problem. You could find a solution to homelessness where the corporate swine and the politicians could steal a couple of million dollars each. You'd see the streets of America begin to clear up pretty goddamn quick. I'll guarantee you that. I will guarantee you that.